So today, we're going to be reviewing Guinness. We are unfortunately down Elliot, which might be in their favor. I'm not sure how they feel about stouts. I personally love them. And we'll be talking about my favorite manga, Chainsaw Man. I'm really excited for this, and to celebrate, I'll be drinking Guinness in my favorite way, as an Irish car bomb, and I hope we're all ready to start. Oh, are we? Yeah, I guess we should all drink together still. So uh, everybody crack your, your fucking Guinnesses open. By the way, this is Mal Was a Mensch, a podcast where we allegedly review beer. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm Nathan. Abby's gone Stop. to get a thing. Hello. Yeah, okay. Okay, well that's Abby. Uh, I'm I'm Cass. Mike. There we go. We are professionals. Okay, and that's Mike. <laughs> and and this this week we're obviously reviewing Guinness, and we're down a host. Um, Elliot actually had to drop at the last minute, so it's just the four of us here. Guinness and Chainsaw Man. Elliot just knows that Guinness fucking blows. I'm sorry. I said I was going to go yeah. in this with you're, an open you're mind. Thoroughly out, you're thoroughly outnumbered here, Cass. Guinness <laughs> slaps nuts. So anyway, um, three, two, one, go. Jesus Christ. I love that. Ugh. Mario Golf. Mario Golf. Wow, we're just kicking Mario it off with Golf. Mario Golf. Well, we okay. usually do like a, a preamble before we get into the main topic of the podcast. So E3 was this previous weekend. It, it, yeah, E3 was this previous weekend. Usually this is beer related, but that's fine. There were a lot of great games at E3. Um, you know, we got to see a little bit of Breath of the Wild 2, especially for Nintendo. A little bit of Breath of the Wild 2. Got to see fucking Metroid Dread, which I'm sure uh, Mike has some words about. Uh, before we start talking about Metroid Dread, the hypest shit of, you know, since ever. Um, Wait, this sounded like a dreadful, like, groan. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I, I meant it no. to be. I'm very excited for Metroid Dread. Oh, okay. It's definitely a cum. It's definitely a cum. I wasn't um, sure if you were coming or like upset. There are many parts of my body that are very hard because of it. <laughs> there was another game. Stirred by that. There was another game dropped at E3. And as Mike alluded, it's Mario Golf. And um, I just think that like Mario Golf as a concept, fucking weird as hell. Right? And and here's why. Mario Plus. Kart. I, oh, oh, if you're going to have like Mario sports games, Mario Kart makes sense. Like racing games have been around since forever. That's because it's like, you know, fun to like in a video game, drive a car very fast. And it's really easy with like the whole power up thing to like make it really wacky. And at the same time, you have like up to however many people racing simultaneously. So there's that simultaneous multiplayer element. And of course, it's going to be action packed, even if there weren't power ups, because you're going to have people fucking bumping into each other in the race. Mario Tennis or like Mario Strikers, which is a soccer game. Tennis. Soccer, like, say what you will about them, but again, like, they're pretty action-packed if you are playing. You're always doing something in those games, right? Like, 
you're 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 always trying to like fucking hit the tennis ball and it's pretty easy to implement once again like supers because you're gonna try to go for that big you know serve or whatever and you're gonna you know try to get a shot on goal in 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 soccer and again simultaneous multiplayer you have people you're playing against somebody in tennis you have people on the other team in soccer mario golf on the other hand <laughs> Have you? I don't know if you guys have ever like seen golf. Golf is not an action-packed game. The fact that there are golf video games out there is honestly amazing to me. Like more than just Tiger Woods PGA, because you're always going to have something for like the simulationists, right? There's always going to be somebody who wants to like do the golf simulation video game, and that's fine. But why does like fucking Mario Golf exist? Why does Sonic Golf exist? Who's playing golf? It's not exciting. There's no simultaneous multiplayer. It's it's just why are there like four Mario Golf games? Who's buying these games? I okay. I could not tell you. Spoken like someone who does not enjoy the game of golf. What you enjoy golf? No, I don't. But uh Great. well hold on. I there's there's like a broader discussion to be had. That golf fucking blows to begin with. Yeah, yeah golf is bad for the environment. Yeah. And bad for like everybody because it's okay. I don't think Mario Golf is bad for the environment, though. <laughs> it's golf propaganda. It's golf. Oh propaganda. my god! What? Sure, yeah, you know, you get those golfers uh, playing those golfing games, uh, and it's going to encourage them to want to go play golf in real life. Just like when you play Call of Duty, you want to join the army. And kill zombies. <laughs> okay, but seriously, like I'm pretty the you know, you you you're you're jesting here. But the thing is, is that Call of Duty and the military have kind of had a symbiotic relationship. The military has, as we've grown up, very, very much leaned into the whole fucking video games as advertising to join the military aspect. Like, yeah, if you look at, like any like army or navy or air force ad, especially like if it's you know showing up on Twitch or something, it's always like you know like you could get in the game or you could like get in real life, and it's got like the fucking like person who's playing video games, and then in the next scene he's in his air force uniform piloting a drone blowing up people. No, no, you're you're right. You're right. That was a bad that was a bad analogy. I was really more trying to like draw draw parallels to like, you know, video games and violence and things like that. Like, you know, GTA making people want to kill each other or whatever. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But the thing about um sorry, hold on. As a side point of that, I vaguely remember that there was like an actual game made by the Navy <laughs> that was like yeah. Navy propaganda. That was like a third person shooter or something. There is this oh, there, there's a were... series, there's a series of games published by the US Army. Called, oh yeah, so the, uh, America's Army. Yeah. And there is another game that's like the look, if you want to talk about like in-depth, like minutia, micro, micro, micro management games, there's this like ultimate tactical warfare simulator game. It costs like $120 on Steam, and it's used actually by the US military to simulate shit. 
because it's that accurate. Okay. Um, and it is, um, I've actually thought about buying it on like more than one occasion, but then I realized that I literally do not have the time to learn the intricacies of this like very, very not user-friendly warfare simulator. Is that SOCOM? It's not SOCOM. No, it's not no. SOCOM. SOCOM is like the actual, like, straight up full propaganda. This is the real action game. The U.S. Navy SEALs. So, are, are you saying warfare is not fun to learn, Nathan? <laughs> um, It is when it's, uh, you know, in a meme, easy to digest form. Other than that, uh, you know, like, look, I don't claim to be like an actual tactician or an actual strategist. I'll I'll kick your ass in Hearts of Iron, but I don't think that that necessarily gives me any um, like, you know, actual tactical ability in real life. Sure. Yeah. How the fuck did we get down this road? We were talking about golf. You were talking about <laughs> Mario Golf. golf. But no, 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 no. To loop it back around, to like to loop it all the way back around, I bet you that there are some kids out there who like got Mario Golf because it was like at the Blockbuster, and that seems like the kind of game that like, you know, you go to Blockbuster, your parents are like, you can rent two games and you pick out Mario Golf because it's there, right? They got Mario Golf, they played Mario Golf, they Thought it was fun because they're stupid kids. And you know what? They grew up to, like, play golf in college. Okay? I guarantee you that's happened several times. So, yeah, it is bad. Several times. It's, it's perpetuating golf. I, okay. Which, I have well, so many problems with that. I mean, here's, sure. the problem. here's the problem to begin with. I think the environmental impact of golf per person is going to be greater than any other sport. So even this tiny amount of people who play this game and for whatever godforsaken reason think it's fun and go on to play golf, they're having an outsized impact because golf sucks. Yeah, golf sucks. <laughs> and it fucking destroys sucks. the environment and it's for rich people and therefore we should abolish golf. Golf, it was a mistake. It should never happen again. Yeah, I agree. Mini golf. Mini golf is fine. Mini golf gets a pass. What about the kids who played? Sorry, that was I just started shouting. <laughs> what about the kids? <laughs> no, no, no. What about, what about the like kids? The what about the toddlers who play mini golf and then grow up to you know play real golf in college? I guarantee you that proportion of childs is much larger than the childs that played golf. Mario Golf as a child and well, you know what? Well, here's the thing: mini golf is fun, and I can't I, imagine that Mario Golf is fun. I, I I am willing to you know sacrifice mini golf on the altar to destroy golf yeah. because ultimately that means sacrificing shit like Top Golf too. I fucking hate Top Golf. I just have an irrational hatred of it. Yeah, top top golf. golf. Top Golf. I don't even know if it like exists outside of Virginia. So Top Golf is like this. It's like if you combine a Dave and Buster's with mini golf, right? Mm -hmm. But That's here's fun. the. It, I know that sounds really fun, but it's not like a Dave and Buster's in the sense that it has a whole bunch of arcade games. It's a Dave and Buster's in the sense that it's like an adult like playground type of place right so the thing that you do at top golf is there's usually a mini golf course there 
right? Mm-hmm. But at the same, but the real thing is like this driving range type of mini game where you're like hitting golf balls at like targets, right? Or or like trying to get them into like these like big holes on like this wide wide driving range, mm-hmm. which ultimately ends up meaning that it takes up a huge amount of space and land and probably like water just like actual golf courses do. But the reason why I have an irrational hatred of it is because anytime there's like a corporate party mm-hmm. or like a corporate gathering, top golf is almost always suggested, right? And I fucking hate that because. I'm not going to do jack shit at Top Golf. I can't fucking play golf. Uh, like I can't like drive a golf ball. Okay? I don't know how to do it. I don't know like the like way to hold yourself to do it. And I don't care to fucking learn. So it's just a waste of time for me, but everybody fucking loves it. I hate it. Sorry, Nathan. So yeah, yeah fuck, fuck fuck Top Golf. Fuck fuck all, all golf in general. Fuck all golf. I'm reminded of the the bit from George Carlin Carlin where he's like, golf is like watching flies fuck. All right, hold on. I honestly I think we need to chill out because I think we're gonna have a golf episode in the future. So E uh E3 I think that there's a manga to talk about here. Oh we Yeah, or we can I has Mike got a chance to talk about Metro Dread? We can loop back around to it, Mike, or we can talk about Chainsaw. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, it's just been, I just want to say, it's been a while since the last, like, completely new 2D Metroid. Uh, it looks fucking awesome, because it looks like it's taken a lot of inspiration from Fusion, where it's like, you're kind of like, yeah, in this really hostile environment, being chased by these really uh, scary entities. The gameplay looks awesome. Uh, I just, I'm so happy that another there's a new Metroid game, and it's not... Metroid Fusion is the one with like the blue raspberry Samus, right? Yeah, yes. and you get you got blue raspberry Samus in this one too, except she has like weird it, It's a sequel to Fusion, like a direct sequel. It's supposedly so. continuing the story of like at the end of Metroid uh, uh Super Metroid. It's supposed to be like the end of that arc. So I think so. Because if that's the case, that means that Samus is so fucked up from her fucking suit being fused to her body, like what happened in Fusion. Oh, yeah. Do you think her raspberry suit tastes like blue raspberry? Can I like Samus's? I mean, her new suit in this game kind of looks like uh, <laughs> the fucking red, white, and dew. <laughs> Do you think it tastes like red, white, and dew? Do you think it tastes like Smirnoff Ice? I hope it does. Wow, Samus Aaron gets iced the game. I think this sounds like a good game. Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, but I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to talk about with E3. Uh, did you guys see the trailer for Redfall? That was uh, got nope. a lot of buzz. Oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's the like vampire one or something. Mm-hmm. Elliot was tweeting about it. It it kind of looks. It, they only showed like a trailer for it, by which I mean it's like a cinematic trailer, so you don't see right. any actual gameplay. But it kind of has like it looks like a class based vampire fighting shooter where it's like you have like a tech class and a like a magic class, and there's there's a lot of stuff happening. It's really like vi- bright and vibrant while being like really gory. So I'm uh, I was digging it. Not and everybody. Everybody was thinking, sorry to interrupt you. It's all good. Everybody was theorizing that Redfall, like when the name uh, leaked, 
previously they were thinking that was going to be the next Elder Scrolls game. Oh, yeah. But mm. no. um, it sounds like having not seen the trailer or knowing anything about the game at all, besides the very short bit that Mike said, it sounds like Alien Swarm, but with vampires. And if that's the case, uh, I'd be into that. Well, like the the feeling that I was getting was kind of like a um a Shadowrun vibe where it was mixing like fantasy and magic elements with technology and stuff. Oh, but I'm talking about the gameplay. Like yeah. like a like survival, a class-based survival game. Like Alien uh, Yeah. Uh, but there was also bat they also showed more stuff for uh, Back for Blood. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Left 4 Dead by the makers of Left 4 Dead. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a completely different game. I'm I'm fine with more Left 4 Dead than stuff like not Left 4 Dead. TV. Yeah, hey, I'm honestly. I've been craving more Left 4 Dead than stuff. Yeah. So as, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to play that with everybody. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we should play more Left 4 Dead. We could play Left 4 Dead after the episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um. Fucking. Are we gonna get into already, it? Sure, I'm already starting to feel that car bump. I think we, I, I think we guys. gotta get into it. I think we gotta get into it. Okay, um, so Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. I don't even fucking know where to start. This. Is... I think that you what? have to explain to our audience, like, give our audience the scoop on. Okay. What is arguably one of the best mangas? So lay it, lay it on us, Abby. All right. So I guess a quick rundown of Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man's, uh, you know, Chainsaw Man. He's a guy whose heart has been turned into the Chainsaw Devils so he can take on some of his powers. Um, okay. Kid, what? <laughs> but, well, you already me, had to explain what well, the, a devil is. Yeah, yeah, let me, let, let me just pause. In this world, there are devils, right? Hmm. They're based on the fears and phobias of, um, you know, humanity, right? And the more people that fear whatever that devil is you know the conceptual representation of the more powerful it is so for example like the tomato devil is really fucking weak because not there aren't that many people afraid of tomatoes apparently there are a couple but there aren't that many (laughs) there's a sea Um, cucumber devil yeah yeah but like the bomb devil is really strong because there are plenty of people who are afraid of getting blown up by fucking bombs all right so that's kind of my quick rundown yeah, and uh, the series follows the main character, who is Denji, who is just this very put-upon boy. What At the very beginning, we, are, we meet him. His father committed suicide. We don't know who his mother is, and he, his father has kind of left him to this huge amount of debt that Denji has to pay off by hunting devils. And he does this by teaming up with a little uh, doggy chainsaw. <laughs> Who turns out to be the Chainsaw Devil? Yeah, Puchita. Puchita. Um, yeah, so you know it follows his his life as um, once he fuses with Puchita, he becomes of public interest to the Japanese government and joins their public safety division um, to hunt devils. And it's revealed as the story goes on that his he's very rare there's not a lot of humans fused with devils and um shit anyway there's not a lot of humans fused with devil and a lot of people want his heart to get control of him or get control of the chainsaw devil which is very mysterious and very powerful as it's suggested several times throughout the series there there are 
some other human devil fusions. Um, so there's devils, and then if they flee into the corpse of a person, they become a fiend, which has limited power of the devil and part of their aspect. But that's not what Denji and the other devils or the other people like him are. Um, yeah, Denji is like a hybrid. Yeah, the... Denji's a hybrid. His heart's a devil, but his brain's still human versus the fiends have... They're they're basically devils controlling human bodies like puppets. Yeah, and sometimes they have some of the corpse's personality left, but ultimately it's the devil um, versus a hybrid. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's enough lore. Probably it yeah. follows it basically Denji. It follows Denji. Denji's pretty fucked up kid. Um, and his goal in life is to chase boobs. At the start. <laughs> at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really liked that at first. Um, it seems like a parody of a lot of shonen manga. It's very much sort of making fun of how absurd the idea is. Well, the, As... the idea with Denji, I feel, is that he's he's very different from a lot of shonen protagonists, where it's like, he just wants to have, to be able to, like, live comfortably at first. He wants yeah. a roof and over boobs, his head. Boobs are part of that. Boobs like, are part of it. He wants like, companionship. Basically. Yeah, but he yeah. doesn't He doesn't know how to express that at the beginning. Like, he's too emotionally stunned to realize that what he wants isn't it's a physical touch. It's, and completely yeah, it's uneducated. A, and completely uneducated. Um, He does know how to write the word balls. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's sort of like following his journey as he grows up from someone who just wants from this like poor abuse kid who just wants three meals a day and to touch some tits and get laid to someone who realizes like that he wants more than that. He just didn't have the emotional depth at the beginning to properly express it. Yeah. And it's something, so it's a story of his growth from, from really like kind of an abused kid, which the author Fujimoto said he's based off documentaries about abused kids to, more of a full-grown, fully emotional, capable adult. Um, and at the same time, you know, there's plenty of jokes about boobs. There's plenty of funny stuff. Um, there's fucking Kobini's car, one of the characters, one like seventh <laughs> in a popularity poll one time. Like, it's great. It's funny. But it's also like really deep and touching. And it's got great action. Like, there's crazy devils, crazy devil designs. Like chainsaw man devil's design is great but you have like crazy ones like the gun devil and the bomb devil and freaking what else was really cool the ghost uh, devil looks great i really love the typhoon devil oh the typhoon devil's rad the darkness devil's like probably the best review maybe yeah. one of the best scenes in manga what like one of the big selling points about this manga is that the art is is so oh, fucking good. it's primo it's chef's kiss art and like ev i feel like almost every big spread page is just packed with like references to film or comics other manga. or other or other manga I mean, off, off or just like head. art in general it's yeah it, it it is like if you are plugged in to like art and culture and you see some of these spreads just you know on top of them being like very 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 good you know you're gonna love it you're gonna get so much out of it it's 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 like it's like a juicy fruit that you squeeze it's so great. like off the top of my head there's a lot of references to berserk of course because in a lot of ways this is still a more horror manga and which takes after berserk and that there's you know references to devilman there's references to the hellboy movies um 
There's a good, scene the bad, where... and the ugly at the yeah. end. Yeah, good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, Uzumaki and yeah. a lot of his other works. And my personal favorite, I think, because it's really funny, is there's a point that Denji is writing the Shark Devil, and uh, the picture of him writing it at first is. <laughs> Uh, Napoleon riding the horse. I don't know what that painting's called, but it's, you know, the famous one where Napoleon's got the horse rearing back yeah. and leading the troops in a battle, and I think that's funny as hell that, like, <laughs> instead it's a man on a chainsaw riding, or a chainsaw man riding a Napoleon crossing the legs. Alps. Yeah, Napoleon crossing the Alps, but it's it's a chainsaw man on a shark with legs. Like, I fuck if I know. <laughs> uh, Cass, did you want to say anything? Um, no, I don't want to say anything. Do you have no, criticisms? I think I want opinions of, the, of our Lord I thought it was an excessively readable manga. I think that you guys are obsessed with this shit, <laughs> and I just don't get it, man. Why don't you get it? I like, don't know. What? I read it and I was like, okay, cool. You know, this is, this is, this is, you know, that's pretty cool. I'll read this. I probably won't read this like a second time, but like, it's fine. But I was I've never, I was never like super like impressed by it. Really? I, I don't know. There's just something about a lot of the designs that just like, they are just these wildly creative ideas and interpretations of these like very primal concepts. Maybe I'm just like very difficult to impress. That's fair. I, I don't know. I really like, I like how it starts and it plays itself off as like this very standard shonen manga. Like the protagonist gets some crazy power. He wants to touch tits. <laughs> yeah. Well, what Which I was is like, like I... such an overdone, stupid concept, and then like how it sh has so much more interesting things through the, like the designs or the characterization, um, or just as the protagonist develops. It's so it, it like starts off playing itself as a parody, but then like develops into this really heartfelt story that I think is really well done. I'm sorry, Mike. What were you saying? Um, no, I just wanted to. There was just something I specifically wanted to talk about with the, mm -hmm. the artwork. Uh, we oh, talked the art's about fantastic. How, well, yes, but there's something like you've talked about how this is a a, a horror a manga in some aspects because there yeah. are a lot of very horrific images and drawings in this. Yeah, and it's you know drawing horror. from big, like some big, big body horror. And it's drawing from some of the classics like Uzumaki, right? Um, exactly, Berserk, like, Devilman, etc. A lot of specifically Junji Ito, because yeah, a, the thing that makes his work in particular so inspiring, specifically to Chainsaw Man, is the idea of the the page turn. Like, because a lot of Junji Ito's anime adaptations have really fallen through because they don't have the same level of visceralness you get from actually reading the manga in your hands. Yeah. Because the a lot of the time, there are these, like, full-page spreads of pure nightmare fuel that you, as the reader, like, see, like, another character reacting to, and it's up to you to, like, turn the page and, like, 
actually see what is on the other side, and it's just this full-page, kind of beautiful in a way, this incredibly detailed piece of absolute <laughs> dread and horror. Yeah. And you see that a lot in this manga, too. I, that's that's my other thing, which is like... It plays to its medium incredibly. Exactly. It, and that's like, honestly, something that... I, I read a lot of manga. I'm pretty fucking weeby. I feel like a lot of manga doesn't necessarily play to its medium very well. I feel like that's much more of a strength in Western comics. Um, just, you know, a lot of the paneling in Rorschach is more interesting than most stuff I read. I, you know, there's the classic Sunday strip, like Calvin and Hobbes was so cool for the medium because how it, like, played around with its format. And Chainsaw Man here feels like and there's two things it does. Like one, it plays around with panels. It has characters pop out of panels to show movement or exaggerate effects, which you know feels very Calvin and Hobbes. That stuff or, with the the nail sword. Yeah, then yeah. And it's it it like it's willing to have things come outside of panels to like add this otherworldly effect or like to give motion or to have the reader have like this extra connection like it's almost a fourth wall break but it's not acknowledging the reader it's just breaking out of its medium i like i don't know a 3.5 wall break <laughs> but anyway um and then the other thing is like uh, like when i read it i was like this feels like a movie storyboard brought to completion like the final project isn't to make the movie it's to make this comic which I, that's such a weird thing to say, and I'm not sure that unless you see it, you can really get it. But, like, it, the action feels so much like a storyboard. And like Mike said, it it makes you turn the page, and suddenly there's this big spread. Like, it, it just uses the panels in a way that convey motion and emotion and everything. Like, so much, like, it feels like you're reading a movie. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, the action poses with like Denji just in Chainsaw Man with just like these like very like long expressive movements in his arm, like you yeah. can just like hear the screaming in it, and it's just so awesome. And so it's like this interesting thing where it pulls movies into comics. Really, I I would say in general, in like a way that I I don't know how I don't know that many other works that have done. But then it also plays to its medium the fullest. And I think it does so in like a fantastic way that I haven't seen really at all in manga. And I, I you know, I don't read as many Western comics, but even then I don't I don't think there's really anything like it in Western comics either. Um, Nathan would probably Nathan and Mike are probably better suited I, I, to speak on that. I mean, I think that the, like the first thing that comes to mind that's comparable is the way that like Alan Moore meticulously um, does his paneling, right? Mm -hmm. To like you know convey a sense of the various scenes in his stories, um, or to or or you know plays around with the medium of you know the or the I guess yeah the medium of a comic to. Um, to as you said, give the reader that extra connection to what's going on in the scene. But he's yeah. really like the number one person I can think of, and that where it, it, it's done to that extent. 
you know, like Chainsaw Man, like really rides on that. And I think Alan Moore is the only person I can think of who who is is comparable. And that's my big thing in his art and in art in general, like with art, play to your medium. Like, don't. I don't know. In music, it's called like extended technique um, would be the closest thing I can think of. Like extended technique is. When you start. You know that, like, for example, you're supposed to play the piano on the keys, which sounds great. But what if you start plucking the strings? That's still playing the piano. You're still creating a sound. And there are songs that make use of that. Uh, the Banshee by Henry Cowell is probably one of the first ones. But there's all these extended techniques and other stuff you can do with these instruments and with sound and the human body to still make music that like reaches outside of what the medium had been for forever and it uses every point of the medium so here you have and like another work i would say is like calvin and hobbes loved using panels and breaking panels and especially like the sunday panels were incredible <laughs> like there was there was there wasn't and i don't know if there ever will be another thing like calvin and hobbes and just how it uses its paneling yeah. and its space yeah. and all that and so like I, it's one of those like rare moments that I, you know, maybe I wish was less rare, but the fact that it's rare makes it so special. It's one of those like rare moments where it's truly this like grasp on the medium that uses it in every way that I could think possible. And, you know, my, the ultimate hope of course, is that someone figures out more ways and it gets one upped and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking incredible, and it's truly a great piece of art. It's probably in my top five mangas I've read. I mean, it's, you know, Berserk and Vagabond are masterpieces in their own way, and then I'd probably have, like, Chainsaw Man and Pun Pun right after that. Um, um, but, you know, Berserk and Vagabond are, yeah, for various reasons, probably not going to be finished. Versus Chainsaw Man as a younger artist. He was born in 1993, which I think several of the people on the podcast. God, he was born in 1993. Yep. Um, so he's sort of a younger artist coming coming into it. He's part of a newer generation, and this is an ongoing work and artist that we're probably gonna see more of for the next like 40 years. He's only 27. Wow. Um, yeah, he might he might have turned 28 already. I don't remember his birthday, but October 10th. Yeah, so he'll he's he's younger than me. He's younger than me or Mike. Damn. Um, <laughs> I know. And, and so I that, that, I, I'm that. on a podcast. I have not made Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say it's a masterpiece. And I'm saying this now, as we've said it almost every episode here, with the utmost sincerity, pleading with you, the listener, please read Chainsaw Man. <laughs> read Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Read no, you guys. Have, I feel like I should read it again. <laughs> uh, something else that I wanted to mention that it's also really funny. Yeah, yeah. It never, it never fully like. Even when the story gets dark, there is always like levity somewhere. Right, yeah, like, it's never far away. Like, and yeah, that's, that's also true. really nice, and it helps it helps make it so readable. It's. Like, I, I, <laughs> it's sorry, like you sorry. you have the you have the moments with denji and it's like he's really stupid which i love but if that isn't like your type of comedy there are also just like really good deadpan character comedies that go through between the three main characters 
Yeah. Or, or just like moments where it's not even like deadpan humor or Denji being stupid, but just like moments where it like toes the line between like the and I think Abby's immediately going to know the panel I'm talking about. It's my favorite <laughs> fucking panel where like the body horror and just the absurd humor like just are cross are like neck and neck with each other at the same time. And it's it's the one panel. It's fairly early on where it's like they're in this hotel. Right. And there's this big ass fucking demon that keeps on regenerating itself. It's, it's in the eternity. Oh, yeah. Demon. So eternity it's... Demon. It's got them trapped on one floor for forever until they can defeat it, and it's just shoving its body infinitely at them. And the first one early on, when they first realize that something's up, they just see on the floor this weird like head with feet, right? <laughs> and it's a weird body horror moment. But also, you look at this fucking thing; it looks so <laughs> fucking stupid. You can't help but laugh. And the fact that it hits both of those notes, I love it. It is unironically my favorite panel in Chainsaw Man. <laughs> There's, I don't know, there's, like, the other thing is there's so much good slapstick, like, honestly, and it's not, I don't know, it's that weird slap, it's so awkward, where, like, the slapstick is almost played, like, deadpan, but at the same time, like, it's funny, like, there's a part where, you know, there's a part where Dingy, Dingy has fully given himself into his heart, like, he's become Chainsaw Man, and for for whatever reason, like, the demon in his heart is like, I'm gonna go get a hamburger. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is funny, and it's absurd. It's so he has, like, funny! He has his scarf, he's like this giant monster with a scarf made out of intestines. And he's just sitting in, like, a diner, like, aisle seat. And poor, poor Kobeni, because she's doomed throughout this manga to have the most unfortunate shit happen to her. She'd quit being a devil hunter. She wasn't Dingy's coworker anymore, and he fucking comes in as this monster to her new workplace, which is this hamburger shop. And she just fucking drops hamburgers on him. Like, she keeps tripping over and Multiple over Multiple times. And another thing is, like, they use the... The author uses the exact same panel. Which, like, you see in comics a lot, but it's so fucking funny when he does it. Like... He does it as such, like, a contrast between two situations or connecting it together. I, I I don't know. It's just funny to, like, it's the exact same scene again. And it's, I don't know. It's fucking funny. I might be a little too drunk to get into all of this. But, like, it, fuck, it's really good. I, I started reading it. I had been reading it from chapter one. I was, I was a fan of the author's previous work, Fire Punch, which I would recommend, but with that, I would say there there are a lot of content warnings I don't really want to get into on the podcast. But so seeing this go from, like, I don't know. I was talking about this with Rorschach last week, where I was like, Rorschach doesn't really feel like it uses its medium well, versus, like, Chainsaw Man as... It's great to reread as a whole work, um, or part one, at least, which is where we're at the end of now. But, like, at the same time, like, it was so interesting to watch it go from like this parody of a shonen into this like full fledged very well fleshed out work and it like made use of that growth over the like two two and a half years that it was publishing and um, yeah it just again that it plays into its medium it knows that it's doing issues it's doing a long form story uh in ways that honestly i think in some ways we've maybe lost with the era of like binging and TV and everything. Yeah. Mm. 
I, I though speaking of binging, I think that like as a testament to the story's readability, I always whenever I'm trying to convince somebody to read Chainsaw Man, I always bring this up. So Abby had been pestering me for I don't know how long. It months was and months and months. Months and months to get me to read Chainsaw Man, right? <laughs> And Which I, so, I got you, speaking of another one of the author's um, influences, I got you reading Doro Hey Doro, which is also great, really yeah. great, like, kind of dark humor, bloody semi-horror manga that Chainsaw Man draws a lot of inspiration from, and Nathan read that and loved it. Yeah, yeah, I love Doro Hey Doro, but that's a story for a different time. But finally I said, okay, I'm going to read Chainsaw Man, I'm going to read Chainsaw Man. And I, completely unrelated, I couldn't sleep the night after I said I'm going to read Chainsaw Man. So I was up at like 4.30, maybe 5.30, I don't really remember. And it was a weekend, and I said, okay, I'm going to read Chainsaw Man. And by the time Abby had woken up, how long was that? Maybe like a couple of, how, I don't remember how many hours. I think hours you started later. around like 5 or 6, and I woke up around like 9 that day. I was done. Yeah, and it wasn't. What do you read that in an hour? Four no, hours? I was like. Three or four hours. I mean, I, I've been rereading it today, and I have got most of the way yeah. through it in about three hours. I didn't get to the last section, but that's... I've reread it in chunks a lot, and the last section is what the one... It's my It's got my favorite arc, so it's the ones I really revisit the most, and that's what's fresh People in my head. People are like well. fucking machines with like <laughs> reading shit. Jesus Christ. Cass, I need like, Cass, Cass, I need you like remember, hours. So, Cass, you remember when we got into Berserk? Uh, <laughs> no. Not really. It was like close to 300 chapters when he got into Berserk. I read okay. it in like two days. Yeah, that's fucking long. <laughs> that, that reinforces my you point. You should know. You should know. Who I'm I not am surprised this about this. I'm just saying, you people are insane. <laughs> uh, I will say one thing about Chainsaw Man is that I feel like it does take a little bit of time to get to that point where you're really hooked on it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I was messaging Abby that morning as I was going through it, like just even though she wasn't up, I was just like giving her my thoughts as I was going, like every couple of chapters. And I was like, okay, this is kind of slow. Okay, this is kind of slow. And then they got to a point where I was like, ah, oh, oh fuck, all right, here we go. Yeah, and like going, I don't know. Part of me wants a manga to hook you immediately, and like maybe there's something be said, or any comic to hook you immediately. Maybe there's something be said that Chainsaw Man doesn't. But then like going back through it it lays the groundwork so incredibly well that i'm not sure if it could have been done differently no i i yeah. really love it rereading it again honestly yeah like it's it i don't know it lays the groundwork there's a lot of foreshadowing one thing i should mention is the part one's only 97 chapters there's gonna probably gonna be a there's gonna be a part two probably a part three had been mentioned but like Part one stands on its own. There is, I could never see part two, and I would be happy with this as yeah, a I work. Um, yeah, it does seem complete. And, and it's it's very tight. Like you know, part like the early parts play all this foreshadowing into the later parts, and like you have all these parallels, like very similar scenes playing out towards the end. Um as what happens to Jinji early is parallel to what happens to him later when he's a very different person um, and he's grown as a character. So I, it, it's just a really tight, well done work that like going back through, it's like, 
the beginnings once you've read it once the beginning becomes like so much so much more and so much better um which you know there's something we said maybe that's not how i, I don't want to say there's an argument that that's not how you should be doing it there's an argument that should be you know i think at that point it's opinions but yeah um, i i also just want to say last my last point on chainsaw man my last point um, I'm forever grateful for Chainsaw Man. Um, even though I can't, it's hard. I'm not going to share this content because you can't really do it on a podcast, but I do just want to say two of the greatest memes I've ever made. <laughs> I owe entirely to Chainsaw Man. No, just, just post them. Post I'll them probably with, post uh... them on the Twitter account. <laughs> Yeah, but they are like two of my finest works. They are like super have spoilery too. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to read Chainsaw Man first before they that's, have their full fair. impact. I don't uh, know. Like, like, I've been trying to go through this without spoiling the whole story. I, we've, we've done a really good been, job, so let's not. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> we've kind of just been gushing to this. Yeah. So I hope it makes sense after after we get this shipped out. I'm gonna have to like wipe yeah. all this semen off of my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Kaz, I'm sorry. Kaz. We have been kind of dominating the conversation. Yeah. Do you want to add anything? I no. I probably man obsessives are. I don't. Here. I don't want it to just be us gushing the no, entire time. The, like no. I mean, I don't have anything really bad to say i kind of agree that it was pretty slow to start with and i i will say i think my opinion may have been colored because um the fanatical devotion we have to yeah i really fucking hate trying to be convinced to do something so if you try and make me do something i'm automatically going to have like a bad opinion of it to start with and so that may have like influenced or biased me as i was reading and i mean did abby uh did abby offer to buy you a burger like she did for me she didn't and never fucking got that burger uh no do i need to get you a burger all right let's get you a burger never got offered a burger and i man you you got something else you you got a blood pack i I did get a blood pack i did get a blood pack which is worth more than even 10 burgers you got a blood pack (laughs) uh i have I've sworn as long as Nathan reads um, one, two of my manga recommendations every year, which started out with Dora Hidora and Chainsaw Man, I will never play League of Legends again. Oh, you know, wow. that's wow. And, you know, uh, I, if there's I, anything that I can do to support that blood pack, please <laughs> let me know. At first, I didn't think it was going to be that hard, but for some reason, since swearing this oath, I keep having dreams about playing League of Legends. It makes me really want to play League of Legends. And today I booted up Guilty Gear Strive. And there was a character that was a girl with this wolf spirit, which reminded me a lot of Kindred in League of Legends. So that's who I'm playing now because I miss playing Kindred. Wow. So, and I hate League. Like, But not, not as much as that game but not as much as not me. as much as Nathan, who has never played it. So really, his hatred is very comes from a very pure place. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, anyway, it, uh, it, I know. <laughs> it's such a pure place. It's funny. I've said this like every time anybody has ever asked me, "Why do you hate League so much?" I don't even remember. Like, I don't even remember what the initial factor was for me hating League. Um, all I know at this point is that I just have pure hatred for it 
for reasons I can't explain, and I will continue to do that. Wasn't it can explain why I hate League? <laughs> wasn't it originally because um it turned it became so popular that every like game franchise became a fucking MOBA and you were really pissed off about that? Okay, fine, I'll Maybe it sounds like something I was. It sounds like something I was mad about, but I think I hated League before everything started becoming a MOBA too. Uh, anyway, Cass, why do you hate League of Legends? Well, okay, first MOBAs are boring, and because I'm <laughs> bad at them. Um, <laughs> also, all the players seem really awful. Oh yeah, um, I've never heard of anyone like coming out of like playing League and saying, "Yeah, I had a really fun time." <laughs> Seems like every time. You know, I listen to other people play League. They're not having a good time. Like me. And, yeah, um, yeah you know, also it's a normie game. It's what, still the most popular game, like, of all time? Or is that Fortnite I, now? I, it's Fortnite. It's I Fortnite. think it is Fortnite. But League, League is up there. I mean, well, I also like, hate Fortnite. I mean, in terms of sales, Minecraft is, like, the... Oh pinnacle. yeah, yeah, yeah. Minecraft is up there too. It's, it's... Right, I can't hate Minecraft. Oh, but Minecraft's a normie game, Cass. Uh, it is a normie game, but I played it before it was cool. I so. did too. I remember. I remember back when I bought Minecraft in like, I guess it might have been even like in middle school. I don't even remember though. Maybe even earlier than that. It was still like in either beta or alpha. All I remember is that like. The website it would you had to buy it off of like Notch's like actual website, which was yeah. awful design, and you had to pay in euros. There was no option to pay in dollars. You had to pay in euros, and that's Nathan, when I bought Minecraft. Nathan, Nathan, who's this Notch? Minecraft was made by Hatsune Miku. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Sorry. You had to buy it off Miku's website in oh. euros. In euros. <laughs> I don't know if I had to buy it in euros, but I did buy it when it was still in alpha. I yeah. played it in beta, I think, at Cass's house. Um, the first time I played it, we stayed up uh, all fucking night playing Minecraft and Fable 3. Shit, Fable What a combination. Um, two Sometimes awful have dreams about those games together. Two <laughs> awful lead developers in one night. Yeah. Hey, yeah, okay. Wait, what's wrong with um, Lion... Gate? It's not Lion Gate. It's Peter Molyneux specifically. Oh, okay, yeah, Peter Molyneux, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure Lion Gate's a fine company. It has unfortunately had a long association with fucking Peter Molyneux. Um, uh, should we talk? I am finished with the Guinness. I think we should talk about the Guinness because Cass has some opinions on that, and this is a good time to wrap up the episode. So, uh. All right, I'll, but I'll start with my opinion. I think that we should start with the three Guinness lovers, and then we can get to the Guinness hater. Um, I like Guinness a lot. Um, I, 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 this is such like a welcome reprieve from everything else that we've drank on this show. Um, I love stouts. I like, I like dark beer. Um, and it's, it's, it's great. It's got like that creaminess. You know, it's. I just, I just think it's like. It, it's just got this really solid, bold flavor, and I can, um, I can't, I can't say that I can drink a lot of it because it's kind of heavy, but I enjoy drinking it, and that's what counts. So, yeah, that's my opinion. Abby? I really like Guinness. I've always liked Guinness. Um, my 
two favorite I I guess beers, not not quite, but like lighter drinks than our mixed drinks or like stouts and well stouts and porters and then ciders. Um it is a stout. It is good. I like it. It I know I'm supposed to be judging it based on its own merits, but car bombs car bombs fuck. <laughs> yeah. But Guinness on its own also fucks, Mike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I cannot remember if I have had Guinness before. Uh, but this feels like the first time I've ever had it. I gotta say, it does not smell very good, like <laughs> on a base level. I uh when I first attempted like waiting for Abby to get ready, I started smelling this and I was like, oh god, this is not going to be a good time. But as I continued to drink it, it there was something about it that was not that was weirdly compelling about the taste. Maybe yeah. it was there was like this slight smoothness to it. There it was like this there was this richness to it where it like went down and it was kind of heavy. Uh, and that kind of overpowered the fact that it had this kind of gross beer taste, which I did. Hey, take a shot. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it but is I, really rich. That's it thing. has. Yeah, it. Um, I was surprised by it. This is better than I expected it to be. All right. I drank God. the whole thing without uh, wincing. God, tell us about your. OK, business. this is just us ganging up on Cass all of a sudden. No, I know. This is a terrible. The, the real, yeah. yeah, the real title of this episode is The Gang Bullies Cast. No, it, that's going to be the description. That's going to be the description. The Gang Bullies Cast. No, no the, the, main, the name of way. it. No, please, please let us bully you. I really want because I've never met somebody who doesn't like Guinness. Like, this is my dad's favorite beer. But Where seriously, it's though, favorite, it's, really sorry. Beer, it, it's up there. The so, actual. Like, the actual name of this episode has to be We Love Chainsaw Man. It has to. No, it's just going to be Read Chainsaw Man. No, no, no. no. There's, there's a, there's a, there's oh, a. Oh, right. It does have to be We Love Chainsaw Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. It does. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Okay. Sorry for cutting you off. Okay. Cass. Okay. I've been trying to figure this out all episode. So, you know, uh, Lance Captain's Wafers. <laughs> Yes, I do. I actually do. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's you know those like peanut butter like crackers that are orange, right? You know yeah. those? Oh shit, yeah. But, but, okay. But, but not those. It's the same company. These are like these like well, Cass, you can describe them. Okay, so well it's not the captain's wafers, but um what I'm thinking what I'm saying is this tastes like the smoked cheddar. Captain's Lance Crackers. Cass, you have like My knocked. <laughs> you've like knocked loose something because they the my family's restaurant would always serve these fucking crackers with every single meal. <laughs> I fucking love Captain's wafers. Um, is is the farmhouse open again? I've never been. I kind of want to go. I'm not. I'm not. Sh- uh, yes, on Wednesdays, but I'm not sure if we want to talk the the one I. Actually, I, I, I'm not sure if my aunt wants to be associated with the podcast. Look, yeah, fair enough. there's, there's Maybe probably a billion, a billion restaurants called the Farmhouse. Don't worry about it. Mm. No, but, but it's I, it's I got, I, I got to hear the, the Guinness opinion. I got to hear this Guinness opinion. Okay. Unfortunately for you all and your plans, I actually have had two of these. 
and I kind of like it. Oh, wow. shit. My well, opinion has changed. <laughs> Damn it. I was really curious. Is I was this like, wow, somebody... of changing Cass's opinions? Somebody I would, I doesn't totally like Guinness. With an open mind. I am sure that if I drank this out of a can, I would fucking hate it again. Because cans make things taste a little bit sharper, and this should right. be tasting heavy and dull because it's a stout. Oh, I like that's I like an intelligent stuff. opinion, right? Um, <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes maybe sense. I like Guinness cans better though because I feel like they're better for car bombs. <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyway, I don't an opinion hate it. for a different time. Yeah, this is better than most of the shit that we've been drinking <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. And I think that if we're going to go to the tier list now. Okay, so so I've got a question on the oh, tier list. Sure, yeah. All right, so obviously we're we're doing like F through S tier. Where S tier is the best. Should S tier should S tier be relative or absolute? Like should I be comparing this to my favorite beers of all time or should I be comparing it to the popular beers which is what we are judging solely. I think you have to compare it to your favorite beers of I all time. You, I think you have to compare right. it to your favorite beers of all time because yeah, we, we're going we're to eventually, especially if we get like guest recommendations and stuff, mm -hmm. going to be drinking things that are off tier list. So yeah, it has to be your your favorite of all time. So okay. yeah. So all anyways, right. my tier. Because mm -hmm. I always I usually start this. Um. I'm going to be bold, right? And I am inspired by Mr. K. Um, I'm going to put this in S tier for me. This is not like my favorite beer of all time, but I'm just thinking back to all of the fucking swill that we've drank on this show, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking about all of the times where like I've sat down at a restaurant. I've said, I'm going to order a beer, right? And I look at their menu and I see, oh, I'm going to order a Guinness and I actually go ahead and do that. Like I pay money in occasions that aren't even like fucking parties to drink Guinness because I like it. I think that means that it deserves an S ranking for me. It's not my favorite, but it's, it's fucking up there. So yeah. It's incredibly valid. I think God, I'm so torn. I think I'm going to have to put in a cause I've had better stouts. Um, honestly, the Guinness was a little disappointing to me. I wish it was a little bit heavier. Mm. Um, I wish it had a little bit more flavor. I personally really love vanilla stouts, so I might be a little biased on that. Um, and I've had a lot of good beer in my life. But at the same time, it's so head and shoulders above anything else that we've had. It's... I mean, it's really good. Guinness is my go-to when I go out to eat. I fucking love a Guinness and a burger. Yeah. Um. I it's it's just a great beer. I it's either top of A or bottom of S for me. Mike, uh, I hate to disappoint, but while I I was very pleasantly surprised by this, uh, I'm still not crazy about the general taste. But I would probably put it, it's above like most of the other like straight up beers that we've had. So it's probably like top of B tier, maybe like low A for me. Okay. That's Cass? pretty high praise from you. Yeah, that's huge for Mike. Yeah, that's, wow. 
I'm putting this fucker in A tier. I'm going to say mid A tier. I think it's certainly. I mean, what else have we put in A tier? Anything? Uh, we. I think put, I might have drunkenly screamed that Foster's was an A tier. Mike, you put I, you, I, you put no, you put Foster's in like triple S. <laughs> uh, we put um, the Angry Orchard. I don't up remember. There. That, uh, I no. think that we haven't put any like actual beers in A tier. We've put like the ciders. We've yeah. Up in A. Okay. Well, I'm not is... judging the ciders in the same. I mean, yeah, I and, am... that, and I, I'm not either. I'm I'm considering this like my first S. This yeah. is this is far. Of the commercials, I, I don't think I've been on any of the episodes for the commercial ciders, but I drink a lot of ciders. They're, they're like I said, up there my favorite with stouts, and since they're not a lot lighter, and since I can't quite hold my alcohol as well anymore, um, I drink a lot of ciders, and this is better to me than any of the, you know, why, like any of the big brand ciders. Like, this is, I, I'm going to put yeah, it in because I, I, I think I, this I, is I, my I this favorite big brand. I put yeah. this in Angry Orchard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cass, I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> sorry, Cass. I feel really do you remember bad about the, that. Do you remember the letter? Do I remember the letter? Yeah. What? What? Tier? Oh, I said mid A. Yeah. Oh, mid A. I forgot. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I think I just think I think it's better than all of the other beer beer that we've had. Um. So yeah, A tier. I think that this it settles to an average of it being an A tier. And I think that that's very, very accurate for Guinness. It's fucking good. It's real good. Um, I really want a burger. Guinness and a burger is like one of I, my you know what, You know what? You know why? I, I, I planned ahead. I had a burger tonight. Oh, fuck off. Sorry. But, you know, I, it's it's like a universally enjoyed combo. Um, Guinness anyway. and a burger is good. Our good friend Maddie, who will unfortunately be listening to this podcast at some point, unfortunately for her, um, who is hiking the Appalachian Trail, one of her favorites is Guinness and a burger, and I am sure when she comes to visit, we will be having that at some point. Um, I would love to try this with a burger. Yeah. Like Guinness and a burger, sir. We can do that. No, not Guinness tomorrow, and probably. a burger, bitches. Oh, so well, good. um... Next week, or next episode at the very least, um, it's a long-awaited episode. It's finally time to get down and dirty with this podcast's most hated, not even most hated philosopher, but most hated historical figure of all time. <laughs> That's right. Mensch is finally going to spend a whole episode tackling the despised Plato. It's going to be a I'm going to miss it. <laughs> yeah, we're also going to have a special guest who we're is gonna have spe- We're going to have a special yeah. guest. Special guest Augusta will be on. Um Cass will not be here. We'll be um, in fucking Costa Rica, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> All you nerds are talking about Plato. <laughs> may or may not be here. Kids. We might need another Plato stand-in, but we'll find out. Anyway, this this was now as a mensch. We hope you learned something, even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. But let's let's be honest. You in your you knew in your heart of hearts that you wanted to learn about Chainsaw Man. Just go fucking read That's Chainsaw right. Man. So yeah. Abby uh, complaining about it. <laughs> read Chainsaw about Man. It. I did it all for the nookie. And look at my memes when I post them on the Twitter, please. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's here's the thing. Like, so Fujimoto, the artist, like. Fire Punch did manage to get published in Jump. He was kind of this niche 